Welcome to Cat Talk Radio with your host, Molly DeVos. Molly is a cat expert and certified feline training and behavior specialist. With her expertise and her guests, you'll learn how to interpret and control behavior issues with your cat, how to entertain and converse with them, and keep up on the latest feline news around the world. Now, here is Molly DeVos. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Cat Talk Radio. I'm your host, Molly DeVos, and my Dewey isn't here today, but instead, back by popular demand, my mom, Toby. Hi. Oh, hi. You're going to have to excuse me if I'm a little hoarse today. This is not Mr. Ed Horse Talk Radio. This is Cat Talk Radio. (laughs) And I'm so happy to be back. Well, you know, coming up soon is Meow Like a Pirate Day. And I'm thinking it's like Meow. So maybe you're just early on that. That might be it. Could be. (laughs) (laughs) So Mom and I are here today. To give you resources to care for your cat in ways that are more natural to their species. And that's going to result in making life with your cat more rewarding and, of course, behavior-free, we hope. So why are we doing this for free? This is because Cat Talk Radio is an outreach program of Cat Behavior Solutions, which is a nonprofit that's dedicated to reducing cat shelter surrender, which means trying to intercept your behavior problems in the home before you get to your wits end and rehome that cat because shelter euthanasia is still the number one cause of death in cats and and we're here to try to fix that and our resources other resources other than this weekly podcast with free behavior advice we have a behavior boutique on our website which is catbehaviorsolutions.org that has products and things that address specific behavior issues although recently i i got a couple items that were just for you you'll have to go check it out and you can see they're adorable <laughs> i also have a information rich blog and social media and i do virtual and in-home consultations for behavior problems that can't be solved with these podcasts and other information that i that i share i do educational seminars and speaking engagements at, usually at shelters in different cities so if you'd like to help keep us on the air consider making a donation it's tax deductible because like i said we're a nonprofit, and you can do that on catbehaviorsolutions.org so today i want to talk about intercat aggression for some reason i've had a few cases lately in these past couple weeks of a lot of intercat aggression so that's that's what we're here to talk about today wow well, intercat aggression. Now, that's not like getting really nasty emails and Facebook posts, is it? So, what does intercat? Um, what's that really mean, Mom? Yeah, no, that that's just plain catty when you get nasty. <laughs> <laughs> True, and it's funny if you Google intercat, um, it it comes up with some software or something crazy because it doesn't really. I I guess it's not a a known word, but it's a word that we use in the behavior community, which means cats, you know, fighting amongst cats, intercat aggression. So it's like intracompany, you know, that that Mm. kind of thing. That's what it means. 
Well, why are we addressing this? Is this really a common problem? Do a lot of people have this problem? You'd, you'd be surprised. It is a fairly common uh, behavior in cats. In fact, they say 27% of cats that are surrendered to shelters for behavior reasons are for aggression. And now aggression, let me define aggression before we go much further. So aggression is really defined as intense and inappropriate responses to the sight or smell of another cat, which looks like you know, your cat runs and hides in fear or attacks or attempts to drive the other cat away from their territory, their personal space or and or resources. Hmm. Well, is this really only the result of getting a new cat that's in a new environment? Or can two cats who've lived together for a long time all of a sudden become aggressive? Yes. <laughs> it's both it's absolutely both it's it's obviously and most most always when you get a new cat but then it's also a behavior that you can see in a sudden onset between cats who have had a established relationship for for years but but if you get a new cat and you just plop it down into the home I mean, fighting, fighting's going to happen, obviously. You know, generally, um, you'll see classically conditioned fear and avoidance responses to, to each other between the cats. And if you have a lot of cats at home, like let's say you have three cats and you're getting a fourth cat, if that happens between the new cat and one of your cats, it could also trigger conflict between the rest of your cats that were formerly getting along well. And then... You know, outside of, of new cats, like I said, it, it definitely can be uh, a sudden occurrence between two cats that have previously gotten along just fine. Mm, like two old grumpy people after all a lot of years or something. Yeah, and you know, and you wake up on the wrong side of the bed and all of a sudden you're just like cranky. Cranky. You want to rip his eyes out. <laughs> well, are, is there any specific cause for this to pop up? Um, yeah, there, there's a lot. It's uh, it is a very complex behavior case, but um, there's a lot of things. So it could be anything from change um, to perceived threats. It could be illness developing your cat, or maybe they're feeling pain, or they have some sort of discomfort, or there's a disease that's developing. I mean, and of course, all of that's going to require a vet evaluation. I I should lead off every one of these podcasts saying, I am not a vet. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it it can also be um, if cats weren't socialized early in their early kittenhood stages, you know, there's a window of what they call a, a sensitive development period of, a, of about three to seven weeks. And there's some arguments of how long that window is, but three to seven at, at least, it's very important that kittens get socialization with other cats and people during that time. And if they don't, then, um, you know, they they don't understand feline communication and etiquette later in life when they're not well socialized as kittens. But in general, cats don't normally accept new cats because they've evolved as a solitary species, as I 
<clears throat> Excuse me, I think I caught your frog. <clears throat> it's a horse. <laughs> it's a horse. Okay, your horse. <clears throat> I think I caught that. <laughs> but I, I think on every podcast, I say, you know, cats evolve as a as a solitary species, and they don't, you know, they don't have buddies, and they don't form relationships with other cats, generally speaking. So. You know, it's it's normal that they don't accept new cats. It's very, very important that there be a gradual, slow introduction to a new feline in a in a household. And and that is more easily accomplished if one of the cats is a kitten or at least a juvenile. But I've got to put emphasis on on slow progressive exposure of scent especially but also sight sound and touch of another cat boy that sounds kind of difficult to pull off so if you're going to do this what's that process going to look like it, it is a slow process, and I find that most people try to rush it when they get a new cat. They get about halfway through, you know, 10 or so steps that I have for this, and then they go, oh, the hell with that. Let's just see how they get along. I'm tired of this already. And, and it, it's, it's a very uh, bad, <laughs> bad response. But first thing you got to do is, is you've got to establish the new cat in a room by itself, with its own, of course, litter box, food and water, and leave it in there. You go visit, but no other animals visit. Let it get settled in and used to the, you know, the routines of the household, the sounds of the household and things that are going on. And then you've got to swap spaces to accomplish uh, a scent swapping between cats. So I had a case, and, and you do that, by the way. Let me explain how that's done. So you, after you've had the new cat, you know, sequestered in its own room for several days, by the way. You know, this isn't just like, okay, it's been in there 30 minutes. Let's swap now. It needs to be in there several days until you see it calming down in that space. And every cat's going to be a little different on how long that takes. Some is going to be three days and some might be a week or more. So you've got to pay attention to the cat and go at its pace. But once that cat is relaxed in its own room, then you swap spaces. So you take that cat and you let it roam the rest of the house and you take your cat or cats and you put them in that room that that cat has been sequestered in. Now, I had a behavior case here recently where somebody said, I, I usually tell my cases to keep a journal, a daily journal of how things are going, and then send that to me in about 10 to 14 days so I can see how things are progressing and, and either alter course or, or whatever we need to do. And I had a cat-to-cat aggression case, and we're in this introduction stage, and they said, yeah, but every time we're swapping spaces and my husband has my cat and I have the new cat and we pass in the hall and they smell each other, they hiss. <laughs> I'm like, well, <laughs> you got to make sure that these two cats don't see each other at this stage, right? You need to take, you know, take your cat that's free roaming the house and put it in another room or a bathroom while you let the new cat out of its room, let it come out and explore. And then you go pick up the other cat and rush it by where they're not both at, you know, arm's length smelling each other. Oh, we stopped and let them sniff each other. What the heck do you think is going to happen? So, you know, no, I, I, 
it sometimes it amazes me at things I need to put in these instructions, but it does not mean pick both cats up and, you know, walk past each other. So swap spaces. And and this allows them to develop a group odor in both spaces. And so it's like a it's a layering of individual scents that becomes a, a group odor and that gets that scent you know, common and and not as harsh than when they see each other. And then the next step is really, um, really hard. You got to put a visual barrier, which is, you know, it's either a, a screen or glass or plexiglass. And it's hard because you're usually dealing with an interior room and you say, well, it's got a door. How am I now going to go to a screen door? And I've had some people do just that, install screen doors on their on their interior homes. I have a client now that's working on a cat-to-cat aggression with two purebred Bengals that are just awesome, awesome guys. And, um, and, and their daddy has built... An, an amazing system. He put two strips of like one by one buys in and then slid a piece of plexiglass down and has this cool handle. I'll, I'll have to post it on, on Facebook so you can see that, but you know, you can get as, as extravagant and complicated or as simple as long as they can see one another, but they can't go at each other. You know, it needs to be, um, if you you can do those, you know, a dog gate or baby gates that are real tall and then put screen over those. There's lots of different ways to do it. But you stay at that stage for a while. And then eventually, you know, while you're doing all this, it's a really good opportunity to harness train your cat so that then when they're eventually ready for supervised face-to-face introductions, you know, you're you're doing that with both cats in a harness and leash and they can't get at each other. You can pull them apart easily and safely if something happens. And then in in really, really severe cases, you know, there's always there's always medication. You can you mm. can always medicate one. Yeah, that's tough. But with the harnesses too, that'll keep them from climbing up your arm while you're trying to do this. So yeah, you hope. Yeah, it can protect <laughs> protect everybody involved. Mm-hmm. Well, then what about try put one of the new cat like in a cage or a crate or something, and then you know let the resident cat kind of wander around and get used to him. Has anybody tried that? Um, you know, a lot of people have tried it, and a lot of um, behavior specialists. And vets, in particular, seem to recommend this. Now, I, I don't think there's anything natural about that at all. Because first of all, cats hate to be confined. One of the things they've got to have is choice and control. You put a cat in a crate, and all of a sudden you've removed some very important necessities for them, and then you've put a threatening situation in their face, and and the cat that is trapped in the crate is going to feel, you know, very vulnerable and not able to get away. And I, I just don't think that goes well. But, uh, but other people do recommend it, um, mm. but I do not. I do not uh, recommend using crates. Now, I have had a situation where we had uh, Marbleade was a foster that had a severely broken leg and he had to be on cage rest. And so I had him in a large wire dog crate. And Tabasco kept breaking into the foster room, and he would steal his food. (laughs) (laughs) 
his food was in a bowl that's, you know, attached to the wire crate. And Tabasco would go in there and reach through the wire crate and scoop out that dry food because Tabasco doesn't get dry food. And so he was like, oh, dry food. It's like Snickers. And, and in that process, the two of them actually got along I mean, marmalade didn't seem to mind he would just sit there and watch and then um, they 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 learned to like each other that way if you're gonna do that you definitely have to put the confident cat on the inside of the crate no matter which one's the resident cat and which one's the new cat the confident cat's got to go in the crate if you're going to try that but i i really don't recommend it because i mean first of all it's a long process so I, I just, yeah. I, I don't think that's a good way for them to have interaction. I think a harness and a leash works much better together. Yeah, it does. And when you're talking about crates, if you have to do that, I think your idea of using a large dog crate is better than some small confined, you know, like a cat carrier. That would be disastrous. Right. Oh, no, and, yeah. Well, you know, we were talking about aggression between old roomies, you know, buddies, cats that have been together a long time, what would cause them to all of a sudden really be aggressive to one another? It's not like we old people waking up on the wrong side of the bed. I I have a feeling it's a little more complicated. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes it's not, but... (laughs) (laughs) But yes, it's it's, it's always triggered by something. And, And in waking up on the wrong side of the bed, you know, again, that could be illness. That could be they wake up, and they don't feel good. They're having, you know, GI problems. They they've got pains and aches that they didn't have the day before, and they're and they're just cranky because they don't feel good. That that absolutely can can happen. An, another common thing is a decrease in their individual space, so overcrowding, and that that could be the addition of other cats, or mm. it could be the addition of other people in the home. But and mm. and any kind of disruption in the household. Any kind of change in their routine can set this off. This could be you're moving and things are packed up in boxes. It could be hospitalization maybe of, of one of the cats or, or the owner or, or you, you know. Um, anything that is changed, you know, new kids, baby, married, divorced, you know, things that are different in in the routine, any of that can can set them off. Boy, well, do well, well. Sometimes will that be a fight for dominance, or is one going to try to be the leader of the pack all of a sudden? Well, like I said, I, I cats evolved as a as a non social species, and that that doesn't mean you know they've all evolved to be feral cats and they don't like people. What that means is in their own interspecies. They don't have real hierarchies. I mean, they do in the wild. We'll live one cat in a pretty large territory, and they only get together for breeding. So in a home, you know, they have to learn to, you know, to share spaces. So, you know, really I think more what's happening here is more like like a bully. One, one cat can be a bully. And especially when you've got the situation where you they're not social from kittenhood, they can really bully one another. And what that looks like is, you know, they're avoiding interaction with the other cat always, you know, and they they would exhibit what you might think is an intense dominance display or aggression. 
to the lower ranking cats, mm-hmm. even though those lower ranking cats may be signaling submission. And that's mm-hmm. what that's what this would look like. This this yeah. what we'll call dominance fighting or bullying fighting. And then there's another um Another thing called covert aggression, which can happen among established cat relationships. But again, like I said, they usually swap dominance. You know, cats that live together for long periods of time, they can change those roles throughout the day even. You know, Mm -hmm. one cat says, I'm going to dominate. I'm in here in the favorite window seat. And the other one says, okay, well, I get the afternoon shift. (laughs) So they're usually pretty good about sharing spaces and and sharing and swapping dominance. But but they're, they do have methods, those evil little kitty methods, <laughs> to, <laughs> to keep rivals away from resources. And this can be simple blocking. You know, it, I, I've seen it in action where the cat that is, is trying to, to guard against the resources will simply lay in the middle of the floor. And it's not being aggressive at all. It's just blocking the other cats or making the other cats have to walk around it, knowing that the other cats feel threatened by it. Mm. They might um, they might even mark, you know, urine mark favorite areas of the rival cat. Um, they'll urinate and defecate in other areas, um, you know, if if that dominant cat keeps them away from the litter box, they'll start using spaces outside the litter box. So, you know, one of the things that you can do is multiply resources. Um, You also see that they dominate for human attention. A lot of times, you know, one cat will say, if, if you're starting to pet one cat and the other sees it and comes over and aggressively headbutts and gets your attention away from that cat, that's a, a dominance uh, type of action. But um, what you can look for, dominance aggression in cats looks like cats who are staring intently and stalking the other cats. It's not fear aggression. And when you know fear aggression, so can you explain more what the difference is, you know, between those two, the dominance and the fear? You know, how do we see it, and is there anything we can do about it? So let's start with what we can do um, about fights for for dominance or bullying. Um, if you're seeing that, one of the things you want to do is make sure that the cats are separated when they're not supervised. So if you've got to leave the home and go to work, make sure those cats are are not sharing the same space so that nobody gets hurt while you're gone and you're not building up those negative associations with one another. You can, and like I said, multiply resources. So multiple litter boxes. The rule is one more litter box than numbers of cats. So if you have two cats that aren't getting along, you need three litter boxes uncovered. So they're not afraid to go in there and be ambushed when they come out. They need to be spread out over the home. Do not feed them in sight of one another. Feed them more regularly. Um, They'll eat nine to ten small meals a day in the wild. So feed them at least minimum of three times a day, four to five if you can. And usually that's accomplished by getting a food timer. They're uh, actually listed on the resource page of our site at catbehaviorsolutions.org. And um, that helps multiply resources, spend time individually with those cats, 
you know, giving them lots of attention and, and affection. And, and then an absolute last ditch effort, you can always get prescription medication. You can take the cats to the vet and tell them what's going on. Um, they, they treat with a serotonin reuptake inhibitor such as fluoxetine. And um, that will work along with disrupting bullying incidents. So if you see like that cat laying in the floor blocking the access to the resources, distract him with a wand toy or playing, get him, lure him away from that blocking path so that the other cat can go by. Mm-hmm. And the victim, you know, you, you, you can also medicate the victim, the buspirone, I think it's called. It, it produces um, reduction in fear and increased confidence in cats. So there are medications available for both. Yeah. And, then, um, and then the difference between dominance and fear aggression. So fear aggressions when cats are normally getting along really well and then there's some event that triggers a fear response. And that looks real different instead of that intense stare and stalking that's more confident that you get with the dominance aggression. This is lowered ears, lowered head, lowered tail, you know, tail to the side maybe. They're avoiding one another. And the attacks usually only happen when one cat persists in seeking attention from the other cat or interaction of any kind. Um, sometimes the the aggressor um, will poop or pee as it's pursuing the a cat that it's afraid of. That's mm-hmm. usually a, a good sign of, of fear aggression as opposed to dominance aggression. Mm, that's real terror, it really is. Yeah. And you you talked about you know redirecting um, the cats from um, from the aggressive situation. So can you talk about, you know, how you redirect and what that means? Yeah, you want to redirect them with with play. That's the best thing. I think mm-hmm. everybody ought to have wand toys at their disposal at all times. And it's a good opportunity to get that wand toy out and dangle that toy and, and pull it around the edge of your chair. Entice that cat that's, that's bullying and guarding resources and and get them out of the path so that the other cat can go, you know, keep its attention basically off the other cat. That's mm-hmm. one thing to do. Well, that makes sense. And then you know, but what what happens? What do you? What about when aggression uh, is is directed towards you? You know, when you're trying to pet them or play with them, and they bite your hand. What can we do about that? We can't lock ourselves in a separate room. <laughs> no, but when cats. You know, when you're petting a cat or playing with a cat and it bites you, that's a real indication that you're doing something it doesn't like. So stop it. <laughs> stop it. <laughs> Just Google Bob Newhart, stop it, and watch the video, and you'll understand. But it, it, it happens in cats that have been played roughly when they're young, you know, um, Men and boys are the worst at this, but they like to do the claw hand and the cat attacks it and there's lots of rough playing and you use your fingers, the little finger worm under the sheets and cats 
cannot figure out the difference between your hands and toys. And so they think it's okay to jump and bite and treat your hands like prey. So never, never, never use your hands as as toys or, or prey. Hands are only for petting and loving and feeding. And then your cat can also get, you know, just plain overstimulated. Um, so there is the the what I was talking about earlier where you're playing with your hands and they bite you. That's called play aggression. And then if you're petting them, you're not playing, but you're petting them and they bite you. That's called overstimulation aggression. And that happens in cats that for whatever reason, maybe it's history, you know, who knows why, they don't want to be pet that many times or mm. in that way. And pay attention to what you're doing. If you're mm. petting and, you know, about the fifth time you pet, that cat turns around and bites you. Well, don't pet five times. Stop at four <laughs> and just put your hand down. You can't make a cat like the way you touch it. You have to be responsible for paying attention to what that cat likes and and pet it and touch it accordingly. Hmm. And I've noticed, too, um, when you're petting Tabasco and you've been petting long enough, that tail will start to twitch. Now, is that one sign that if you don't cut this out, you know, I might bite you? Are there other kinds of signs that aggression is going to happen? Yeah, there's definitely um, that tail twitching, tail thrashing for sure. Mm. Um, Raised hair. Like um, they can get hackles down their Mm. back. You'll see a little ridge form down the back. Sometimes the hair will raise just at the base of the tail. Um, Mm. You know, they're staring real intense. Sometimes in some cats that if they're staring at another cat very intensely, you know, something's about to go down Mm. and you should redirect that attention. Um, Ears flat. Mm marking you know excessive marking either by rubbing 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 just intensely or with urine um Mm. you know and then uh, in you know some cats there's just no no signs whatsoever and we temporarily fostered this cat for someone who needed an emergency place for their adult cat to go and I didn't know any history about this cat and that's a shame on me for taking it in without a thorough history but um, he would scent rub our legs pretty aggressively like bump really hard into you and and rub the whole body against your leg tail straight up no hackles no ears back you know, whiskers, no, neutral, and then you wouldn't move, you wouldn't do anything, wouldn't be touching him, and he would bite the crap out of you. <laughs> and, uh, you oh. know, and, and I was like, how did I get saddled with this thing? And it turns out that the history was that this cat had had abuse, physical and emotional abuse from a woman in the past. And there was some history there that you know, I, I don't know how much slower I could have taken things, but possibly I would have done differently with this cat had I known all that we were getting into, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, that's tough. It really is. And I think, you know, you had told me at one time that that cat just flat didn't like women. No, it doesn't no. like women at all. Yeah. Boy, that's too bad. It really is. Well, this has been a good session, Molly. I think we've learned a lot. At least I have. Yeah. And I, you know, think just to, to recap for, 
you know, what to do. What do I do if if I have, you know, cats that are fighting uh, with one another? First, it's very, very important to rule out medical conditions. Hyperthyroidism, mm-hmm. osteoarthritis, dental disease, there are certain um, central nervous system problems. All of those things can cause aggression. So the absolute first thing you need to do is if your cat is, obviously not if you have a new cat. If you have a new cat, go to my website and follow the rules to a T on introducing those cats. But if you have a cat that's been calm and suddenly aggressive, get it to the vet and mm. make sure that there's that there's nothing going on. And then if you are having, uh, you're in the middle of an attack between two cats, well, by God, don't try to break it up. I mean, whatever you do, this can cause you know, serious injury to you. And and that, by the way, is called redirected aggression. So they get amped up in territory protection and someone else gets the brunt of the attack. And that could be you or it could be another, a cat. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, you know, it, it it's, uh, if they see outside cats and they get all amped up in their territory protection mode and then you go to pet them, they can turn around and get you. Or your cat, you know, another cat comes up that it cat has lived with and, and it is the brunt. So redirected is, is very, uh, very much a real thing, but Mm -hmm. you know, some other things you can do, just provide a quiet, low stress environment, reduce the number of strangers and visitors into your home. So keep it low stimulation, you know, Mm -hmm. separate the two cats with a baby gate, cardboard panel, you know, wood or plastic or something like that um, to, you know, to to part them, certainly not with your hands. You can always consider vet prescribed medication and have a gradual reintroduction mm-hmm. when, you know, when those cats have finally calmed down. Don't do it suddenly. But whatever you do, never, never, never any physical punishment. Mm-hmm. You know, if you have two cats fighting, don't start squirting with the water bottle and, and stuff like that. And don't yell and don't certainly don't hit your cats. Don't punish them. It can actually increase their fear and anxiety and worsen aggression. Hmm. So, you know, do the opposite. Give them positive reinforcement with, you know, treats whenever they're being great in one another's company. When you see calm, non-aggressive behavior between the cats and they're relaxed, then give them treats. Don't give them treats any other time. But, no. you know, interrupt that aggression with, you know, like I said, toy or, you know, better yet, a cardboard box, like a cardboard panel or baby gate or something to try to separate them, try to redirect that uh, that aggression to to something else uh, away from each other and, and separate the cats. That's That's very important. Yeah, and you know, again, you know, reemphasize. Don't try to break up a fight. That's like sticking your hand in a blender. Yes, <laughs> it really is. It literally is like a blender or turning the garbage disposal on and sticking ah, your hand down the sink. <laughs> the garbage. Oh, 
It's terrible thought. <laughs> you know, but it, I, I had a call today, um, an aggression case where a cat's been calm and then all of a sudden has, has started getting aggressive. And, and as I explained to her, you know, she called going, well, can I just ask a few questions? And I'm like, it's aggression cases are very, very complex. They're, they're not easy. They progress very slowly. Sometimes it's a bit of hit and miss to uncover what's really going on, especially if it's a virtual consult and I can't actually be in the home to to see everything that's going on. So it's a you know, it's a slow, slow process. So if you you know, if you feel like you've done all these things we're talking about and you feel like your environment is low stress and you can't figure it out, well, by all means go fill out the initial consult form and uh and let's talk about it because mm-hmm. it's they are very complex, time-consuming cases for, for both of us. It, it takes right. a while to figure out what's going on. Right. And I think, too, I think realizing uh, when you get a pet, whether it's a dog or a cat, that it's a commitment to do these things correctly, you know, to try to bring an animal into any situation and then just walk away isn't fair to the animal or to you you know yeah so that's what that's what these podcasts are all about and you know i'm i'd like to encourage people that have benefited from this if they've listened to molly's podcast or gone out and visited her blog and gotten some advice that has really helped their home situation molly would love to hear from you at molly at cat behavior solutions Dot org. Mm-hmm. Is that the or, one or Cat Talk Radio? Either one. I get uh-huh. I get both of them. I have Molly at cattalkradio.com uh-huh. and Molly at catbehaviorsolutions.org. And yeah, I, I love, 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 love to hear from you. I, I get right. emails regularly from people, listeners, and uh, talking about, you know, little tidbits they've picked up in one of the podcasts and that they've started to implement and the differences that it's made, it's, it's a delight. And they send me pictures of their cats and I, I love that. It's, it's great. Yeah. So, and it yeah. gives you, it gives Molly some more material too, because she's able to um, anonymously describe to other cat owners, the successes that you've experienced and what has made that happen. Yeah, and speaking of which, if you have any topics, I mean, we're we're always open to doing any topics. So if there's anything that we haven't covered that you'd like to hear or or know more about, um, please shoot me an email and and suggest mm-hmm. content because we love that too. Give me a challenge. Like Dewey uh-huh. challenged me last week with the top Googled cat questions. Oh my goodness! If you that's haven't a- heard that one, you got to hear it. <laughs> that's a great one. <laughs> That's really good. This has been way fun, Molly. I love doing Cat Talk Radio with you. Yeah, thank you for doing it. I'm glad that she just got in town, by the way, people. She, like, literally, they they drove in, they hit the door, I got home from the shelter, and here we are recording, like, 20 minutes later. So, you're a trooper, Mom. Ah, you know, we professionals, we can hit the ground running. (laughs) (laughs) All right, listeners, thanks for joining us today, and uh, we hope you tune in again. And until then, keep calm and purr on. Looking for products that address specific cat behavior issues? On our website, cattalkradio.com, you'll find things that will create enrichment in the environment for your cat. 
toys that will reduce boredom, the world's best and safest nail clippers, and much more. All proceeds support our mission, reducing the number of cats surrendered to shelters. Stop by the site and pick up a few tips and tidbits for your cat today. Visit cattalkradio.com and look for The Behavior Shop. You can be a cat lifesaver by helping to keep us on the air. In the U.S., about 10 cats per hour are euthanized in shelters due to behavior issues. Through this educational radio show, behavior consultations, seminars, and articles, Cat Behavior Solutions intercepts cat behavior problems in the home, reducing the number of cats who are surrendered to shelters. Make a donation at catbehaviorsolutions.com. That's catbehaviorsolutions.com. Thanks for tuning in to Cat Talk Radio. Please join your host, Molly DeVos, for another episode of the program on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now, go make a connection with your feline friend.